Hey everybody, Leslie here. Welcome to the 20 Minute Fitness Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. The 20 Minute Fitness Podcast is produced every Thursday for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.20minute.fitness. All links are in the show notes. Also, if you're interested in some free 20 Minute Podcast merch, tweet us your review of this podcast at shape underscore scale and some free gifts will be on their way to you. And you guys, I heard that there's like this magic button that you can press and somehow like every week you'll be notified when a new episode goes live. It's absolutely insane. It's brand new technology. I mean, it's ever evolving. I mean, it's Elon's world and we're just living in it. Anyways, be sure to hit that subscribe button because, you know, we've got some more awesome interviews with amazing people that are coming up and who would want to miss that? So yes, rate, review, subscribe, plug yourself into the matrix and so on. And you guys guessed it. As always, the 20 minute fitness podcast is powered by ShapeScale. ShapeScale is a 3D body scanner scale and fitness tracker. You step on it and it digitizes your body composition in photorealistic 3D. Now available for pre-order on shapescale.com. On this week's episode of 20 Minute Fitness, we have a very exciting guest, Brad Kearns. Brad is a former professional triathlete and performed on the international triathlon circuit from 1986 to 1995, winning 31 events worldwide. Recently, Brad also has worked with his buddy Mark Sasson to create the Primal Blueprint books, an evolutionary-based diet, exercise, and lifestyle movement. He and Mark co-authored a book called Primal Endurance back in January of 2016. And, you know, to keep with this whole theme, they also have a fantastic podcast called The Primal Blueprint Podcast, which you guys should definitely listen to. And we also sit down with Brad to talk about his take on the keto diet and how his relationship with fitness has evolved from being a former triathlete and now being a big advocate for keto and mindful eating. So you can find the link to his podcast in our episode show notes and also in the podcast description. And without further ado, Brad Kearns. Yeah, so this this twenty minute twenty minute fitness podcast, such a great idea. I love that. Get get to the um, cut to the chase quickly. Yeah, get to the good stuff. Okay. Well, I am a, a former uh, professional triathlete from mm-hmm. many years ago, and have continued on this uh, health and fitness journey uh, with my career. And now I'm uh, deeply immersed into the primal paleo keto scene. I'm an mm-hmm. author. Uh, my sidekick, Mark Sisson leader of the primal paleo movement uh we just wrote a book called the keto reset diet which reached the new york times bestseller list in 2017 so we're really uh interested in this uh great keto fad that's kind of the highest level of sophistication of the low carb or the primal paleo ancestral health movement Uh, but my history in this scene dates back to uh, my career as a professional triathlete, I was a uh, national champion, ranked number three in the world during my nine-year career as a pro. So I learned a lot of important lessons about healthy living and balancing your pursuit of fitness goals, ambitious endurance goals, uh, with trying to preserve your health because these two do not really go hand in hand. In other words, when you're uh, an extreme fitness enthusiast and you have these uh, daunting goals, a lot of times you compromise your health in pursuit of fitness. And that ends up with illness, injury, breakdown, and burnout. So I had to kind of learn the hard way how important it was to 
uh, lead a healthy lifestyle in all ways, including, uh, you know, psychologically having a sort of relaxed approach to competition rather than that type A, overly competitive, highly wound uh, type of approach that you see from many athletes uh, that also ends up coming back to uh, compromise your goals in the long run because you're it's very possible to be too focused, too driven, too competitive, and then overdo it and burn yourself out. So that's kind of the message in a nutshell, uh, what I'm trying to bring to the community at large with um, healthy eating habits, uh, healthy fitness goals. We have a program called Primal Endurance and a website and a whole community built around this uh, applying the Primal Paleo approach to the pursuit of endurance goals. So we try to get people to uh, escape the disastrous condition of carbohydrate dependency mm. caused by a grain-based diet and overly stressful exercise methods and instead transition toward becoming uh, what we call fat-adapted, where mm. you're really good at burning stored body fat, you don't overstress yourself with workouts, you're not craving sugar all the time, and you're protecting your health as you pursue uh, fitness goals. Right. So what kind of, so how has your interest peaked um, in terms of um, kind of uh, a primal nutrition path? And um, how did you kind of um, find yourself here? Well, Mark Sisson and I go way back. He was my coach when I was a professional racer. So we've always kept in touch. And uh, as, as enthusiasts know, he was, he's been credited with kind of uh, kick-starting this primal movement with his blog, Mark Stanley Apple, mm -hmm. starting out in 2005-2006. Uh, and then uh, we got together and worked on the primal blueprint together and released that book in 2009. So that was really dating back to the early days of uh, these concepts that are now becoming popular and mainstream about the Paleolithic diet and modeling our eating habits after our hunter-gatherer ancestors. So I just jumped into this world cold turkey. Uh, I ditched grains and sugars 10 years ago, so uh, I'm still alive and well and feeling great. And actually now, you know, I'm an old guy. Leslie, I'm 53 years old. I still have health and fitness goals, and I have to report that I feel better than ever. You know, I was a, I was a young athlete. I was in the peak of my career in my 20s. Uh, but I was really narrowly focused on those triathlon goals. I wasn't a very healthy person because I was training too hard to really mm -hmm. be considered healthy. I was constantly worn out, exhausted, dealing with injuries and breakdowns. And today I have more disparate health and fitness goals. So I'm trying to uh, pursue things like longevity or do fun things like my high jumping ambitions or my speed golf ambitions where the, um, you know, the, the efforts not, uh, in that overly stressful pattern that, you know, can lead to, uh, to lead to trouble every time. Like we see with a lot of endurance athletes, just burning themselves out. Right. So, um, yeah, kind of going back to, um, kind of how has the transition from being, you know, a professional athlete to someone who, um, leads a healthy lifestyle been? So, um, how has your relationship to fitness changed over those years? Right. That's um, a great question because when you're a professional, you're, you know, dedicating everything you have, your heart and soul to the sport. And so it was really kind of an unbalanced lifestyle, but, you know, a great period in life where you can really pursue something and set everything up to succeed. So I was sleeping half my life. I was sleeping 10 hours every night and taking a two hour nap every afternoon mm -hmm. and just putting all my physical energy and psychic energy into this specific goal of becoming 
competent at uh, Olympic distance triathlon. So today, you know, I have a life, I have family, I have friends, I have uh, career ambitions and all kinds of things that are um, diverging from this total focus on, uh, on performance. Uh, and also, you know, in advancing years and not having that um, distinct competitive goal on the starting line anymore, uh, I still want to have the great aspects that I enjoyed when I was a professional which is that you know excitement of putting yourself on the line and trying to uh, achieve a personal best or just challenge yourself with an important goal. So now I do things like speed golf. I compete in the tournaments and I do high jump, which is just my own personal hobby. But it seems just as important and it's just as satisfying to achieve a goal now mm -hmm. as it was when you know, I was a professional and people were watching and paying attention to me and taking pictures and putting me in the magazines. Mm -hmm. I'm just sort of self-directed now. But it's just as fun, and I think it's just as important for everybody to get out there and you know have something to do that's a compelling challenge that you're really passionate about, but not uh, necessarily taking this overly stressful, overly wound up approach where it can easily lead to trouble. And we see with a lot of people that are juggling uh, career, family, and fitness goals that sometimes it gets out of balance very easily. So there's a way to do it where you can have fun. You can still be competitive and driven, but you kind of let things go and you go with the flow and you take what your body gives you every day and nothing more when it comes to training decisions. So that's an important one-liner I like to share with people is to say, you know, you do what you feel like doing. And if you feel lazy or unmotivated, these are important signals that should direct you to make uh, a, a different training decision that's more aligned with health rather than forcing and pushing through things and forcing things to happen that aren't naturally meant to be. Right. So what would you consider to be the biggest key for you to continue having a healthy, active lifestyle as you've gotten older? Well, when it comes to fitness, I think the objective is to be a little more balanced. And so the Primal Blueprint conveys this idea that um, you want to have a, a mix of frequent everyday movement, low-level low intensity exercise so this can count walking around walking your dog around the block taking the stairs instead of the elevator and then throwing in these uh, structured aerobic workouts but making sure that your heart rate's at a very comfortable rate uh, which we define as the or we subscribe to the maximum aerobic heart rate or the MAF heart rate which is 180 minus your age mm -hmm. in beats per minute would be your aerobic maximum so that indicates a very comfortably paced workout it's not strenuous at all um, and you have that as one of your goals and then the other part that you want to throw in important for everyone regardless of your age or your fitness goals is to have some brief intense uh, exercise where you're um, doing resistance training, lifting heavy things, or uh, any, any form of resistance where you're putting your body under load, and also brief, intense, all-out sprints where you're on this use-it-or-lose-it principle where if you don't challenge yourself with brief, explosive efforts, uh, you're going to age more quickly. So I'm really a big enthusiast of high-intensity sprinting, uh, jumping up and down on the vertical uh, box, mm -hmm. uh, doing uh, you know deadlifts and squats and things that are um, you know brief and explosive in nature to preserve my bone density, uh, my muscle mass, and also uh, achieve fitness goals that are a little more broad-based than just uh, slogging through an endurance event, which was my total focus when I was younger. Right. So kind of pivoting back to, um, you know, keto and um, a primal nutrition, 
um, kind of path. So what would you say was the biggest shift um, that you noticed in your health since starting keto or um, starting kind of a primal nutrition regimen? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. You know, most people that get into this uh, are very interested in reducing excess body fat. That's a huge concern in uh, modern uh, modern society because of this grain-based diet that leads to lifelong insidious weight gain mm. uh, from the massive overconsumption of carbohydrates. Uh, so for me, being an athletic, you know, for so long, um, I didn't really have any body fat concerns. So you know, my main things that I noticed were just uh, more stable energy levels and lack of that digestive discomfort that we all think is just part of normal life where you get gas and bloating and have to undo your belt buckle after a big meal mm-hmm. and then you're super tired an hour after the meal and you're, you're dragging ass and you can't get off the couch or you have things like headaches in the afternoon or maybe you know I'd get a migraine once every four or five or six weeks for my entire life and I just mm-hmm. thought it was part of normal living. But mm-hmm. uh, when these things start to correct themselves, uh, that's when the awakening comes that, wow, you know, and you're feeding your body nutrient-dense, colorful, healthy foods mm-hmm. and cutting out all the stuff that's just filler, that's kind of calories, not a lot of nutritional value, and also p- plays havoc with that very delicate system of uh, blood sugar spikes and insulin response and trying to regulate and balance blood sugar, which is where you get the headaches and the fatigue and the sensations of burnout. So just to be able to not be reliant on regular meals for energy and instead be able to be really good at burning internal sources of energy, namely body fat and ketones if you get really into it and you mm-hmm. you do some experimenting with keto. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a wonderful awakening for everybody, uh, even if you're not uh, concerned about losing uh, excess body fat. And also the blood work and noticing that you know these these risk factors that we're trying to track to protect against heart disease, you know, those things get handled for almost everybody when they make that simple dietary shift of ditching grains and sugars and pursuing the nutrient-dense foods that are uh, primal aligned, that are sort of hunter-gatherer foods that have uh, supported human evolution for millions of years. These are the foods that our bodies are designed to eat, and you get an immediate boost in health just from feeling better and more more clear and stable and not uh, dragging and feeling that up and down roller coaster from eating the standard American diet. Mm-hmm. So what would be your biggest piece of advice for someone who is interested in starting um, a keto diet? Like how, how would they best set themselves up to start this diet? I'd say uh, be careful taking advice from some random dude on a podcast <laughs> and do, <laughs> do things that, you know, really seem agreeable and doable to you from the very outset. So if Brad Kern says that you need to eat four eggs every morning uh, covered in olive oil and sardines and that doesn't sound good to you, then you can kind of reject that advice and figure out something that's going to be doable and workable. So that's the first thing is we get so many voices and people uh, telling us what to do these days that it gets a little bit intimidating. So I like to just have everybody take a deep breath and relax and say, look, here's some basic principles that um, we're going to you know, suggest you consider. And that is that, um, you know, consider the foods that uh, humans have been evolved to consume uh, that promote optimal gene expression. There's plenty of good scientific information, and there's not a lot of disagreement that, let's say, a plant-based diet is a really healthy thing to pursue. So we're all in agreement here. Even the people way on the other side of the 
the primal paleocene like the vegans and vegetarians mm-hmm. um, we want to have a lot of plant matter and leafy greens and brightly colored high antioxidant fruits and vegetables in the diet every single day as the foundation of your diet uh, now people in the primal paleocene are also going to advocate for uh, the highest quality sources of uh, nutritious animal foods meat fish fowl and eggs so you kind of go get your pastured eggs and your grass-fed meat and these things have tremendous nutritional value and nutritional benefit if you like to consume them. And if you only like to eat fish and you hate to eat red meat, you can still be part of the crowd and we can still be friends because you're still eating those uh, evolutionary-based foods that are uh, agreeable to your health. But the main goal, and, and just to not, uh, not tease the listener anymore, mm-hmm. if I did have some advice, I'd say the first thing to do is to focus on that big picture, you know, the, the most urgent issue to correct is to try very hard to cut back or eliminate the sources of refined grains and sugars and also the refined high polyunsaturated vegetable oils. So those are the big three that are really destroying our health, making us fat, tired, and sick as a society. So if you can make a commitment to ditch grains, sugars, and refined vegetable oils, for even as short as three weeks and just mm-hmm. cleanse your body and detoxify from this crap that you've been throwing down your throat for your entire life, mm-hmm. uh, that's when you're going to start taking some wonderful steps in the direction of feeling uh, healthy and energized and nourished and you know enjoying food more rather than just using it as sort of like a stopping at the gas pump for more energy. But it, it takes a big commitment because uh, what we're now aware of with great books like uh, Dr. William Davis, Wheat Belly bestseller, Dr. Mm-hmm. Dave Perlmutter, Grain Brain, is that these foods are addictive to the human just as strongly as some of the powerful drugs, the the addictive illegal drugs. So when you consume sugar day after day after day, uh, it stimulates the opioid receptors in the brain, the same ones that powerful drugs stimulate, so that it is literally addictive. So when you mm-hmm. say, I have a sweet tooth, I'm having trouble switching over to this diet, you're darn right you do, and you have to really uh, understand the significance of the problem mm-hmm. and make a firm commitment to choose some nutritious and delicious replacements to whatever your staple foods have been for years and years. So if you wake up and you have your orange juice and oatmeal and toast with jelly on it, mm. uh, you can you can trade that in for a delicious omelet and it shouldn't be too difficult to transition away from this massive overconsumption of grains and sugars in the diet uh, if you find a suitable, delicious alternative so that you're not struggling and suffering. So that's another thing that um, is, is I'm big on communicating is that if you're struggling and suffering with a dietary transformation, mm-hmm. it's ill-advised, it's not going to work, you're going to have a bad rebound effect, and you're going to binge back into your normal routine. So you Mm want to do things that are enjoyable and natural and easy to maintain and feel good to you. Right. Um, So after listening to your podcast, I understand that you like to play around and modify your diet a little bit, uh, which I think is rare these days as many people seem to follow diets either to the letter or not at all. So how do you go about modifying your diet or what does that process look like? Yeah, that's cool to point out. Thanks, Leslie. Uh, And I I do talk on the podcast about having some flexibility and some intuition as the 
um, driving factors in how I decide to eat every day so that we're not into this rigid situation where we're like robots and we wake up and we eat the same thing because someone said it was healthy. Mm-hmm. But I do want to qualify that uh, idea a little bit to say that um, I you have to operate in these big picture principles where you're avoiding the food that is um, nutrient deficient and destructive to your body, especially people that have uh, concerns and symptoms about leaky gut syndrome, which is becoming more and more prevalent. And that's where you get that gluten sensitivity. It damages the uh, walls of your intestines and uh, allows for foreign particles to enter the bloodstream, causing autoimmune response. It's a big health concern these days. So those people that are in that category should uh, never eat bread again the rest of their life, period. And I'm sorry if you love your daily bread, but it's ruining your health. So when you stand up and say, I'm going to take a stand against sugar and grains, especially bread, and change my life and pursue healthy healthy practices, there's no going back there and uh, slipping back with a rationalization like, hey, everything in moderation, and after all, it's my cousin's birthday, so I might as well have a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of operate with a little more commitment than that, because it's so easy to backslide and slip. So whatever I'm doing, uh, it's pretty much devoid of grain sugars and refined vegetable oils as much as I can help it. So I'm a person that is not allowed to eat that uh, according to myself. Mm -hmm. And so it's really easy to make decisions along those lines when I'm looking at a restaurant menu and knowing that if I order a burger, there's not going to be a bun on it. There hasn't been one for 10 years. I don't miss it. I still love the burger. and you know, then then we go on to the next step of like, would you like some dessert tonight? And the answer is almost always no. And if it's if it's yes, I'm going to have two spoonfuls and be totally satisfied because my taste buds are more refined. I'm away from that sugar addiction, so that's not something that uh, I'm I'm craving and missing out on and watching other people eat and drooling out of the side of my <laughs> mouth. There's none of that happening because of uh, the, the the power of. Uh, making commitments and getting into patterns where you're still totally nourished and you enjoy your meals just as much as uh, you know the junk food addict who can eat whatever they want. I'm I'm eating every single thing that I want. I'm enjoying the heck out of all my meals, and I don't feel deprived or missing out on anything. Right. So, is there anything you wish you knew before you started that you know now? Oh yeah, I wish that um, you know the the government and the the powers that be big food companies that have brainwashed us our entire lives and told us to eat foods that they're claiming are healthy but are actually unhealthy. And now it's coming out that we've known this for a while and we've been engaging in manipulative marketing and cover-ups and things like that, even at the government level, even at the level of Harvard University. It was just busted for suppressing information decades ago about the dangers of vegetable oils. And so now we're really awakening to the idea that you have to take responsibility for your health, personal responsibility, and you know not be so quick to uh, just blindly trust the billboard that says... Um, you know, Cheetos uh, only have 40 calories and so they're, they're okay to eat. And all this nonsense that we're getting pounded into our brains every single day by people that are trying to sell us stuff. Mm-hmm. And if we just get back to basics and simplicity and realize that if you walk down the street to the farmer's market on the weekend, you're probably going to do pretty well no matter what you choose. If you close your eyes and just grab stuff, at least you're grabbing wholesome natural foods that come from the earth and their original state. And then you start to, uh, you know, awaken to the idea that you can live a much, much healthier life Mm -hmm. than this crazy modern life that we're living where we're getting bombarded with bad choices and bad options every day. Right. 
And, you know, keto has become very popular, especially like in the past uh, one or two years. And there's been a lot of um, kind of products that have been hitting the shelves that are, you know, keto approved or things like that. So um, what's your kind of take on ketone esters or ketone salts? Oh, I was just throwing out a, a question out on left field. We're getting deep <laughs> into it, huh? Fun stuff. Um, well, the first thing I'll say is that they have some incredible potential to be a very, very effective targeted use supplement, possibly uh, more potential and more excitement than anything that's come out in, in the last you know 40 years. Because basically, all we've been doing is shoveling um, sugar down our throat or protein powder, which is also great, a great source of concentrated protein. But with the ketones, uh, what I feel the greatest potential is, is to provide a clean burning fuel source in conjunction with high-performance exercise. That's what I'm so excited about. There's also that direct application to people that are, say, in a medical regimen like fighting seizures or mm-hmm. uh, cancers or things like that where we have the, the proof that being in that state of ketosis is helpful. But uh, I also will say that there seems to be a little bit of misunderstanding where these things can be seen as sort of a, a hack or a shortcut mm-hmm. to enjoy the wonderful benefits of uh, extreme dietary restriction by just drinking a powder. And that's not right. really um, the intended use. And I think the manufacturers would agree with me that, you know, you're not going to go out to Cheesecake Factory, mm-hmm. uh, slam a few slices, and then come home and drink this mix and be in back in um, back in top standing. So these are best used in conjunction with uh, a healthy whole foods diet. And perhaps even a ketogenic diet would be the, you know, the best practices. But as mm-hmm. an athlete, I'm really excited about having Uh, a fuel source that's cleaner burning than glucose to burn so that you have less oxidative damage from the workout, faster recovery time. And I've personally used these for a couple years now, and I can attest that um, they they really work. And I, I think it's a a cool idea to be burning uh, the ketones while you're while you're doing something, especially of a high intensity nature where there's a lot of oxidative stress from burning our usual fuel source of glucose. Um, and so do you have um, a current kind of favorite meal or snack um, that you've been really liking recently? Yeah, you know what? It's my uh, super nutritious morning green smoothie. Mm-hmm. And I think you can go on YouTube and search Brad Kern's uh, morning green smoothie and see this great concoction that I put in. And there's a lot of customized agents that um, that go in there uh, to uh, support my athletic peak performance goals, recovery goals. But also, I'm just throwing in a ton of uh, green plant matter, like frozen, pre-frozen kale, spinach, celery, chard. Uh, I have chopped up garlic and ginger and turmeric in there. And so it's a really easy way to deliver a very concentrated uh, source of nutrition and on many days, I start my day with that. Other days, I fast and I do those uh, more keto guidelines where you're just going long periods of time without eating and getting the fasting-like benefits accordingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the smoothie has been a really fun addition, and it really works for me. And there's some good research about the digestive circadian rhythm. Dr. Sachin Panda, Dr. Rhonda Patrick talking about that, where um, I kind of feel like getting my day started with my uh, my cold plunge into my chest freezer and then having this green smoothie uh, really gets me into a, a good state and it's a macronutrient balanced drink so it's not like a carbohydrate bomb like the smoothie you get at the store right 
Right. Well, fantastic. We'll be sure to uh, link to that smoothie recipe in our show notes. Um, well, thank you so much again, Brad, for joining us. Um, that brings us to the end of our time. Um, but if somebody wants to find you um, across social media, where can they find you? Oh, yeah. Take a look at bradkearns.com and you can go uh, link over. I have some fun stuff going on Instagram, kind of crazy. Not the not the usual uh, polished Instagram person, but always something entertaining. Mm-hmm. And we have great information for endurance athletes at primalendurance.fit and for keto enthusiasts at ketoreset.com. But you can click over from everything if you start at my website. And my last name is K-E-A-R-N-S, so bradkearns.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Brad. Great show. Thanks, Leslie. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of 20 Minute Fitness. And feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at shape underscore scale to share your ideas on what we should cover next, who we should interview next. And if you have a question for us, tweet at us. Uh, You can also find us on Instagram at shapescale. And again, thank you so much to Brad for being such an amazing guest. If you're looking to find out more about the keto diet, then I would 100% recommend his podcast, The Primal Blueprint. Uh, It will be linked in this episode's description as well as in our show notes. So what do you say? Meet you guys back here next week. Sound good? You guys are always so easy to make plans with. Mostly because you can't respond, but same thing.